0: Episode seventy two, Part 2 of Geeks Or 73 of Part 2 of Geeks I'm your host Ed I'm your host Sean oh, Did you
1: have a brain fart
0: there Ed? <laughs> No there was a fart involved but it wasn't It wasn't a brain fart It's still lingering? It's still lingering All, all of a sudden I'm just kind of staring off the space as he's doing the intro And you know my thing, And all of a sudden it's like woof, Right up the nose i
1: was like Whoa <laughs> It's still here Just in case you ever got that was here <laughs> I, uh... Ah, get to the poopa. <laughs> <laughs> that won't get old. <laughs> uh, folks, welcome back. Um, here in part two, Ed and I, we try to take it down a notch. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, we take it ourselves so seriously here at Geeksters. <laughs> um, but we do talk about the passing of not one, but two legendary people yeah david bowie and alan rickman yes um we talk about Dick bowie how he affected our lives and you know we try to get some chuckles in there and then we talk about alan rickman where we have a few more chuckles yeah i, I think you know i mean a week's passed so it's been kind of i think it's the initial shock has you know dulled a little every mm-hmm. once in a while you're gonna look at something you'll be like oh yeah that's gonna hit you but now it's kind of like all right well that's life Yeah,
0: I mean, especially when you see something like a a movie, a new movie that's going to come out, and something that you think that Alan Rickman would have played in or something you would hear about, like, from David Bowie. Like, that could have been, like, a part for Bowie or, you know, a music song that you could hear, like, Bowie-esque, you know, style. And you're like, wow, I wonder what Bowie would have done with that or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just still going to linger, I think. It's still
1: going to hurt. There was was two songs that were... Uh, covers of Bowie, Bowie songs. It was Bauhaus did um, Ziggy Play Guitar, mm-hmm. and he sounded exactly like Bowie. And then I have a cut of Manson doing Golden Years, which is really good, too. Every, mm-hmm. every once in a while, when you if you listen to the show live, it's in the rotation of the songs we play when we're taking a break between mm-hmm. episodes. Um, it's in there, and, and it's really, really good.
2: Yeah. But, you know, like I
1: said, uh, sit back relax um get transported to us in a world of whatever. fine memories fine memories there you go thank you thank you for finishing my sentence there you go we'll see you we'll be right back at the end of part two if you're listening to geeks live on AquanetRadio.com, com, itunes radio tune in and iHeartRadio. radio to search aquanet radio and those apps all right so uh to get back into the show um as we mentioned earlier rough week for arts and entertainment yeah um two icons. Uh uh-huh. past three actually if you know one was more personal for me than, right. than well they were all personal but uh I'll get the the light one out of the way. And the guy who voiced the the voice for Robin Hood in the Robin Hood animated movie. Yes. The Wolf was my favorite movie growing up as a kid. Right. All-time favorite. Now my the mo- Fox. Huh? The Fox. The Fox, sorry. Yeah. What did I say? Wolf. Sorry, the Fox. Yes. Um all time favorite movie growing up as a kid. The reason why I thought Fox is because a wolf. My mom said that. Um, what's the what was the one with the wolf and the puppy? They were best friends. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: there was the fox and the hound. Fox and the hound. Yeah,
1: my mom swore that was my favorite movie when I was growing up. I was like, no, mom, it was Robin Hood. <laughs> you know, I could watch it all the time. <whistles> you know that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I did enjoy
0: that one a lot. I, I was one of my favorites. Though, so out of all the Disney classics, Peter Pan was my all time favorite.
1: Really? Yeah. Never knew that. Yeah. Now we learned something. Yeah. <laughs> I would. never want to grow up. <laughs> and I want to grow up. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Toys R Us kid. kid. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Uh, then it was Sunday. I woke up and I saw that David Bowie passed. Monday. 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 I'm sorry, Monday. My yeah. whole weekend was kind of a blur. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Monday. I woke up and I was just like, uh, "Like, here was a guy who, who defined my not only my childhood but also my teenage years." Because mm. when I was a kid, "Fame" was like my favorite song of all time. Like a five year old, imagine five year old Sean running around going "Fame." Every time,
0: every time I hear you, you know, I know the song, but uh, every time I hear that, every time "Fame" was my all time favorite song. I think of that show "Fame," it was oh. on the movie. Uh, <laughs> <coughs>
1: nope i want to live forever, forever. i'm I gonna learn, learn how to fly high no it wasn't that one <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was the bowie classic yes uh and then of course in the 80s i mean uh he had a you know great career as an actor you know, yes. everyone knows him in labyrinth i mean right. that was like if you were a teenage boy or girl you know labyrinth right um that's where it's so funny. I was first introduced to Jennifer Connelly, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, I thought she was pretty then, yeah. you know. But it wasn't until career opportunities when I was like, holy mackerel, she's hot, yeah. you know, because she was on that that rock and motion rocking horse. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Bowie was the big draw, you know, like because it was David Bowie, the Goblin King, and and it was really like, um, I didn't want to say it changed my world, but him himself was just I was a fan of all all, you know. Modern, modern Love, you know, China Girl. Yeah. All, like, the whole album um, was just... Guy, I never got to see him in concert, though. It was the only one regret that I mm. never... During the 80s, I was going to rock concerts. Never got a chance to see him. You know, I did buy... You know, when he came out with the Glass Spider tour, it was on a VHS. Mm. I wore that fucker out. <laughs> because I used to play it all the time. It was great, great concert. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Uh, Oh, it was a sucky day,
0: yeah, you know I mean uh I mean David Bowie to me was like meant so many different things i mean he was he was one of those kind of guys that was not only just a, a rock guy kind of like you said and an actor, but I mean he was also like he was also trying to do fashion trends, like he was one of those kind of guys that wanted to in, invent different avenues of media or not the media but a, different avenues of life that you would you know you would kind of almost to try to adopt just to be like him yeah in a way i mean like i remember the ziggy stardust years and like when, when bowie finally kind of ended that and went to being david bowie it was like one of those things it's like well who's david bowie and it's like he was Ziggy stardust and i'm like yeah. what happened to ziggy stardust like because <laughs> I, <laughs> I was a little kid then you know right. like you know you just don't you know you don't grasp these you know right these kind of things uh, but I mean, like, you know, but, but I mean, I loved Bowie's music. I mean, there, you could always, you could always pick a song and go, yeah, I remember this song finally, you know, yes. like, that was like, what a, one of those, uh, uh, and there were so many, I mean, that's a thing, but he was, he was a really great guy. I mean, he was like one of those guys that just, when you talk to him, he was, he was jovial he was always like you know happy you (laughs) know right you know he he you know you never you never seen like the like depressed demented kind of person right like he like some of his portrayals on stage was kind of like this probably how he
1: worked out is all his demons
0: yeah you know and and and, like to be off stage and you figure that's who he is by seeing his performances and then you go that's not him at all like like he is just a
1: regular Um, One of my favorite... Well, I mean, obviously, um, Under Pressure is one of my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when they did the concert for Freddie Mercury, him and Annie Lennox did Under Pressure, which was a great rendition. You know, it's not Freddie Mercury, but it's Annie Lennox. just as good, right? Right. I posted... I actually have... It came out in Blu-ray, you know, the concert. So I bought it because, you know, I'm a big Queen fan as well. Mm -hmm. And they had, like behind the scene moments of like them doing the concert, mm-hmm. like practicing. Right. And I posted on, on my personal Facebook page, which was Annie Lennox mm-hmm. and David Bowie doing uh, under pressure, just in the, they had like, they, they rented out this huge warehouse mm-hmm. and everybody who was going to be in that concert was just there, just hanging out. Right. And they were standing around to watch David Bowie and Annie Lennox sing. Most everybody was there to watch David Bowie sing under pressure with Annie Lennox. There's like you could see George michael singing the song in the background mm. that's how much he loved the song but what I thought was fascinating to you know what kind of a regular kind of guy he is he's singing right in his hands a cigarette so he's smoking as he's singing yeah it was just like like that's the kind of guy that he was just kind of like I, I was like that kind of he just so laid back and showed it was it to me it was like him just singing with Annie Lennox. it was great I mean right. you yeah, know it was I, I highly recommend, even if you're not a Bowie fan, but if you're a Queen fan, pick up that concert. 'Cause it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: You know. Um I didn't get really much into his like well, you saw him in the prestige but didn't know it was him. He played right. Tesla. That was yeah. kind of like one of the last few roles that he did.
0: Right. And that was that was the thing. They were they there was a lot, of, of course. After he passed away, there was a lot of tribute videos on on Facebook that I saw. That I was just, you know, because every time you see it, you it's not like oh, you know, it's another one. You you clicked on it because you're 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 somewhat of a Bowie fan. I mean, like everybody that I I was kind of surprised seeing how many Bowie fans there were. You know that like people that I barely know or or I know somewhat, and they they like they'll pick a song that they liked I, or I, loved. Yeah, and it was just like. Wow, I you know you know never never thought of connecting in that way about Bowie. It was just like that's amazing to me.
1: Yeah, it seemed to be like you know for people our age, I, I think that anybody in our age, their Bowie kind of solidifies all our childhood. Yeah, because it didn't matter what song it was, whether it, it whether it was through *Labyrinth* or whether it was through *Modern Girl* or it was. What, what do you call it, Live Aid, when he did Dancing in the Streets with Mick Jagger, the yeah. music video, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. I mean, I, I remember being really into MTV at that point. In the Everybody 80s. was, because it was, it, was, it
1: was it's when they actually played music, believe yes, it or not.
0: Right. Yes, kids, before there was reality television, there was music videos on MTV.
1: It used to be called music television.
0: Yes. And uh, I just, you, you would see that video every All the time. Every, like, 30 minutes, like, yeah. play that video or every hour on the hour. I just remember going to parties and, like, the adults would, like, do whatever, like, you know, talk or whatever. Right. And they let the kids watch TV. And me being one of the oldest would turn on MTV because, right. you know, it's like, that's what I want to do. You're like, cool. You're hip. You're yeah, in the now. Right. I want to I see what, what videos are playing. Yeah. You know, and there might have, I might have seen every video, like, a thousand times. Right. But a thousand and one it is. You yeah. know, you click it on again. And it was just—it was always amazing to watch. I mean, you know, especially Bowie. I mean, when you when you watch his videos, even you would you stopped and just watched them. Yeah. It wasn't like you you would mesmerize. Me, you know, it wouldn't be background music because I remember a lot of times like MTV being on and I'd be doing something else, you know, right. that kind of thing, and just listening to the music as they played it. But it was also like when you saw it, it was just like you had to watch his presence. Like was, he
1: was—he he knew how to do a music video. Yeah. It wasn't it was. It was a way to get his song out there, sure, but he also captured the medium of of, of the music video to kind of enlighten you almost, like with, with images and style, and and it wasn't just him singing into a microphone. It it was it was breathtaking almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I remember being so bummed Monday. It was just like, oh, you know, and then on top of that, my car died. But you know, <laughs> it was just like another like kicking the nuts for me. But the whole idea was just like you got you. It was shocking. Like, obviously, no one knew. Like, right. You know. Um, man, it was, it was, it was like I said, it just seems like anybody, everybody you talk to has a favorite Bowie song. Mm-hmm. And the, the best thing about Bowie is everyone's right. Yeah. Like, it's not about. There's not one song that's like, oh, what? You listen to
0: that one? Yeah. That's a horrible song. Like, yeah. You like, know, no, no, it's not. One,
1: because he changed so often. You know, and it was. What's, what's creepy is the fact that like I posted the Lazarus song which is off of the black star album, his last album mm-hmm. and how kind of haunting it is like I, I actually want to pick him the album up because I kind of feel like you know like this is not really for him it's for us mm-hmm. and you know it's it's different it's not Bowie of the 80s mm-hmm. it's Bowie of now and it's kind of like his final farewell um and I found out too that he actually did, was doing a play. You know, with Michael C. Hall, which is supposed to be like the final chapter of Ziggy Stardust. Yes. So it was kind of like a a, a bookend. He's like kind of wrapping everything up. Mm-hmm. You know. So you okay there? Ed? Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the songs that I. Oh. Okay. I'm like
0: I'm thinking like like what song like because I mean there were so many but I'm like listen, I said I've gotten the three songs and I'm like you know these are the to me the like the three songs that I every time I hear it just resonated like changes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's dance and uh, Young Americans where like the three songs that like you would hear those songs like every time the radio like you go through as you're driving along you're you uh, picking radio stations right. trying to find a good song to listen to as you're driving and every time one of those songs would come on I mean just would stop and it didn't matter if it was yeah. the beginning middle or almost the end of the song I would I, stop and listen to it
1: my, mine obviously fame because I talked about it as a kid like that's always going to be the special one in my heart I loved Heroes mm-hmm. Golden Years
0: yeah Golden Years was another great song
1: Absolute Beginners was a great song yeah not on of people who, like, know, like, they don't, don't really pick it out of their favorite because mostly, go you know, China Girl or Let's Dance or, you know, like, I love Space Oddity or, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's all the, like, the iconic, but Absolute Beginners was such a great song. Or another one of my favorite ones is I'm Afraid of Americans when he did it with Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. It's a great song, haunting tune. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. It's like, it's it's weird kind of, it's it's sad when our heroes start to go yeah you know like you, when you're kids you go oh my god you idolize these people and then when they start to go you're starting to like your own mortality starts to creep in on you
0: yeah and, um, and my wife was like when she found out we i found out at work monday morning we on monday morning right. and then she cut to the car i picked her up and and she's like she's she said it right away and she's like you know she's like yeah, you know, like my icons are going, you know, it's just kind of a yeah. hard time for me now, you know, to realize that this you know and it was it's the same thing that I felt as well. It was just like, Yeah, I can't believe that's that's happening. Like it's just it's so weird to Yeah,
1: I, I it's it's a gut punch because I mean okay, yeah, our own mortality, everyone's gotta face it sooner or later. Yeah. But you know, it's just somebody that shines so bright in the course like like I was talking to my girl about it, you know, and I was like I don't know if she, because she's twenty years younger than me. Yeah. So like when Bowie was, when she, when she was a kid, Bowie was really big in the eighties. Yeah. And then he kind of, you know, he kind of faded and didn't fade into obscurity, but he kind of stopped doing albums after album. Right. You know, he became more of a hey, look, David Bowie's gonna. And it's always been kind of like um, Black Star is not really my type of music, Mm. but I feel like I'm. um, there is a connection there, maybe because it is because there's some haunting lyrics that kind of go. He kind of knew, like he yeah. knew what was going on, and and this is kind of like him saying it to us, right? You know, the people who loved him, like you know, like like in you know, it's just so you know. And I, so I asked my girl, I was like, "Do you have anybody musically like that for your?" And I say, I, you know, I hate to say, she's 20 years younger know I than me, mm. like anybody um, now do you feel like is that? Like, is there any musical star that's an icon on on the status of Bowie? Yeah. Like I'm going to say like, okay, like we had, you know, if we had Bowie of the eighties and I'm probably getting a lot of trouble for this. Manson, Marilyn Manson was probably the Bowie of the nineties. He was constantly changing himself. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to, um, the, um, Mechanical Animals album. Yeah, highly influenced by Bowie, highly. Mm-hmm. And Manson actually, you know, wrote a nice little like, uh, you know, I guess you want to say eulogy mm-hmm. towards him. That was amazing. Like he was a huge Bowie fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the only closest person that I can see like today that's constantly like always changing and always is, is and again not comparing musically wise because I know like when you used to compare Manson and Bowie, two different kind of class, yeah. class of music yeah. And the same with this person though, um, Lady Gaga. <laughs> like again, you laugh, but you think about yeah, it. Yeah, how yeah, many yeah. times?
0: Yeah, you're right. And how you- many
1: times has she changed herself? She's always kind of provocative, interesting. Yeah. Like you know, you may not be a fan of her music, but you know, when you actually watch an interview with her, you get kind of surprised by who she is. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like there's very few stars in the music industry that know who they are and how to manipulate the media to be able to kind of let them think one thing while they're doing another. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bowie was that kind of a guy. He was like, look, here I am, but that's not who I am. Right. Especially with, you know, the character like Ziggy Stardust. It was mm-hmm. like, this is, this, is, this is a character. This is not me. Yeah. And then when you see him in real life, like Manson does that a lot. Like always, like I remember when my sister's a huge Manson fan, mm-hmm. when, you know, the when the um, shootings of Columbine happened everyone wanted to point at Bowie I mean not Bowie um, um, Manson. Manson right and there was like some interviews and you got to see him my dad who wasn't a Manson fan and knew my sister could hear the music and my dad wasn't a fan of Manson became a fan of Manson after watching that interview because it was like I had no idea how smart and he knows exactly what he's doing I was like yeah like you know he knows and Bowie I felt like did the same thing. Like you know you know well, it's,
0: yeah, but I mean that's the thing, like 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 people in those industries are who are making millions of dollars doing what they do by performing music live or you know creating albums that people buy have to be the most intelligent people on the planet because I've done it, I mean, I was a musician i've right. i've I've done that route, and you know obviously I'm not famous, you know, like you know like
1: you know you're infamous, <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> and it's it's one of those type of things where it's just like. You have to have a plan and 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 really shoot for the stars and go and do whatever it takes to get to that point. And that's right. what these musicians did. I mean, they're they're famous now. They they like, whether you know them from their music or from like a, you know off stage where they've done something either right. know, criminally or even just interviews that like shock you. Not even really shock you, but change your view, point of view of this person because you hear the right. music and you throw it away because it's garbage or you think it's garbage right and then you talk and you hear them interview and you go you know what i can appreciate where this person's coming from you know i'm, I'm a fan that way you know right. like, like like i i could appreciate where this person's been or, or what he's doing and and how he is because of how intelligent you could speak about whatever subject it is like,
1: yeah you'll never find me buying a lady gaga album but at least i can i like her as a person so i'm like let her do her thing yeah like she's doing her thing i'm good you know and that's kind of how i think a lot of people felt about bowie like i remember being as a kid you know, fame seeing the Ziggy Stardust thing everywhere. You're like, oh, like the glam and all that. But then when he did Little Drummer Boy with Bing Crosby,
0: I mean, that's that to me it, was a like phenomenal it, point in time that you just
1: you were like, oh my god, it was like so weird because he wasn't glammed up. He was just David Bowie, yeah, singing next to Bing, Bing Crosby. Crosby. Now you know, for people who are younger than us, don't I mean, Bing Crosby was kind of not even a big deal when I was a kid, but. To my parents, it was like, oh my God, that's fucking ben Big Crosby. Crosby yeah. He was like an icon. And yeah. then here's a guy, he's bringing this kid on stage who's, you know, and singing with. It was like, to this day, my favorite Christmas song of all time. Yeah. You know, it's like, holy mackerel. Like, I remember seeing that as a kid and just like trying. I never, like, as I got older, when I. No one ever played it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like I never heard it on the radio. I never saw it on the music video channels. It was it was like a moment in time as a kid that I had to swear, like, dude, I saw David Bowie sing little drummer boy, of Ben Crosby. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Like, and actually they, they sung two different versions. It wasn't yes. like, cause Bowie didn't want to sing what Ben
0: Crosby wanted to yes. sing. He wanted to do his, 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 own take on it. And that's why that's, it's slightly that, that, and There's that's a, why it so brilliant. And so like, yeah. it's like, it's like, oh my God, that is so like ingenious. Like, you you didn't know what was going to work, but they did it and yeah, they recorded it, it, and this is it. Like it and you're meshed like,
1: mesh so well. Yeah. It was like you may, may consider it was your first mashup. Yeah, you know. And people were like, I know David Bowie never sung that. Like I mean, you can see this, and then finally, like years and years and years later, it was I think late '80s, early '90s. He did a David Bowie Sound and Vision, mm-hmm. where it was like a collective work it was one of his greatest hits. They actually had the track on there, and I was like, f- I felt I felt vindicated. Yeah, I was like, I knew it. I wasn't like a little hallucinated j- dream Christmas, you know, all high on candy canes. You know, like, <laughs> like, no, I saw sure it, I swear. candy canes, right, bum okay. <laughs> You know, um, Bowie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, well, I, I don't, like, it's hard to put in the words, like, how, like, when a person like Bowie dies, you all of a sudden, whether you knew it or not, there's now a void in your life yeah like it was just like a guy you figured you'd always be around like i mean i we weren't close you know obviously it was <laughs> like i wasn't calling out going yo big b what's up you know <laughs> i you know but it just felt like when he when i saw that he passed i was just like all the memories that i had as a kid all the dances that i went to all the people that i hung out with all in various f- images just flashed through my head going this guy defined my teenage years on a way that I didn't even know. Like, he was just always there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was, a shock. I was just like, uh, it was like, I, it, again, hard to put in the words.
0: And they say there's no icon to replace him. That, no, that's, there's not. That's, that's, that's what really makes it hard is that when you idolize somebody for so long and then all of a sudden he's gone and it's just like, you, you talk about Lady Gaga, which is, I, I mean, I. Oh yeah. I, It's a little bit like the, the same things you say. It's like, wow, it's kind of like hard, far fetched. But you know what? It's true. I mean, like like the the way you described it was like perfect. It was like, yeah, that's that's you're right. Like the way Lady Gaga is now is what David Bowie was back then, right? You know, and then like who knows what her career is going to be right. in twenty years? Right.
1: You and I see it as, oh, she's just it's it's not at all like Bowie. But for somebody who's twenty in twenty years or thirty years from now. The people that are going to follow after her, like let's face it, Bowie started a lot of the pop, and the, he was he was right there in the middle of it all. Yeah, and so any artist that comes out after someone like him, or the Stones, or Led Zeppelin, or Ozzy, or you know anybody, mm-hmm. you can all go and go. Well, I remember back when it was that guy. Yeah. Like, you know, like you owe your this guy. Reminds me of this guy. Like mm-hmm. you can have him, but you'll he'll never replace him. Yeah. You know, like, Lady Gaga's kind of like Bowie, but she'll never be Bowie. Yeah. Because everyone, she's like, you know, like, you can see the influences, mm-hmm. but that's because we were around for it. Yeah. You know, so you just kind of go, yeah, kind of like Bowie, but never be Bowie. You yeah. walk on. But there's somebody right now who's picking up a guitar or who's picking up a bass or picking up a piano going, I idolize Lady Gaga. You know, kind of heavy. Yeah. What do you call it? One of those keyboard you know, the, the keyboard guitars in the 80s? Of the 80s, yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he kind of made it okay to like take risks. Like it was Yeah, wasn't... I mean,
0: that and that was the thing because I remember like one year, I, I think it was in the 90s, he was wearing dresses. You know, it was basically yeah. a fashion statement. You know, yeah. it was like kind of like okay, you know, like, you know, and it's like, but, like, when, when he did it, it was like, you know what?
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's Bowie. It's like,
0: Bowie, you know, you're not going to, you know, criticize or, you know, or, or, you know, I'm sure there was some kind of negative backlash at the time. Oh, sure. About it. But you you kind of look at it and go, if that's what he wants to do. That's yeah. what he wants to do, you know, and I'm sure other people were influenced by it and did it. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. I mean, well, you
1: we know? call it, there was um, Stone Double Pilots. They, they danced on stage in dresses, too. Did they? Yeah, recover for I think it was uh, for uh, plush. I think the song. Okay. Like, but they were in you know cocktail dresses. I like think kind of say, which reminds me of Bowie. It was yeah. like, all right, there you go. Like, there's that that loop. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like right now there's probably a great concert going on up in heaven. Yeah. Like a massive. <laughs> all right, well, uh, that's you know. Then again, double gut punch. Yes. Alan Rickman going.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: that came out of fucking nowhere.
0: Did. It It really did. I mean, because the thing is, is that, like, I'm not, like, up to date on stars and celebrities and their illnesses and what's going on. Well, yeah. I'm but, probably... I mean, like, like Bowie, like, didn't tell anybody.
1: No, he didn't you know? tell anybody. So, yeah, no one yeah, knew.
0: Yeah. So, that was the thing. Like, that was a shock and a half. I was like, oh, my God, he had cancer? Like, and apparently he's been battling for, like, a year and a half? It's yeah. Like, wow. Like,
1: never would have known it. He, yeah. You know, he kept it to himself. Oh, there was also one more thing about Bowie, too, that um I saw... That years ago, when MTVs first started, he actually kind of reamed out MTV in an interview about not having enough black artists on their t- on their show, mm-hmm. like on their channel. Or like, look, he's he, he was I forget it was the big VJ at the time, the guy with the uh white guy, kind of like the f- curly, long brown hair, wasn't Adam Curry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I always forget the other guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was like, I noticed you guys don't have a lot of black artists. You know, like what's going on with that? And the guy's like, uh, well, uh. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was out
0: that field. He, yeah, and he, he tried to explain it. I mean, it was like it was like it was. It's just because a lot of a lot of white artists are selling, and that's the, right. Like, you know the way it's going. You know, kind of thing. It's not yeah. We're like, just following the trends, right?
1: Yeah, you know? and he was like, "But you should be starting them. Kind of like you have this great medium. That you should be showcasing these people to try to get them to get more album sales. Right. Like you shouldn't be stifling them by not showing their videos. If they got a video, you should show it." Great interview. I mean, obviously, now, obviously, MTV just took all that plan through out the window because now it's like, hey, you want to battle your exes? Come on, watch his live TV show. Yeah, like, yeah it completely got rid of the music aspect.
0: Uh, it's it's just, oh,
1: God. Uh, that's, <laughs>
0: that's a whole other subject. In which, so, whole other subject. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. But
1: one. back to Rickman. I, I remember waking up and I, I saw it on my Facebook feed and I was like, what? No.
0: Like, hot? Yeah. Like, Booby? gone yeah many times how many times you use that line over and over again the, the, all the gears we've done this show and like just in just personal uh. like conversations that we've had and he would make that cracking joke of hunts God. booby and i was just uh. like it's just it's so classic and he bought the nakatomi building yes
1: dress. we got the nakatomi plaza thing <laughs> i mean i remember when i saw die Hard, I, I was a, I was a bruce Willis fan because i was a, Mo- a moonlighting fan yeah and I remember going to see Die Hard because it was Bruce Wells. Mm-hmm. But I was blown away by this guy who I've never seen before because he never was in movies before. He was a stage actor. Right. And and I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome as a bad guy. And then he follows it up with the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. Um, Prince, of, um, Prince of Tides. Prince <laughs> of Thieves. Robin Hood, the Prince of Thieves. Prince of, th- Prince of thieves. <laughs> with
2: Kevin Costner,
1: Completely remember Prince yes. of Tides with, uh, we call it um, Singer. Um, Singer. Barbara Yes. You know, completely different movie. <laughs> but him being the sheriff was like, oh, my God, that's, like, again, solidifying his his kind of creed as uh, ultimate bad guy of yeah. the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Man, but I just loved, you know, this whole character. It was just so great. And then, for me, the voice of God in Dogma. That's
0: right. That's- you know,
1: I am the Metatron. You know, it's, it's so, like, he had that voice and that, that mannerism about him. And then when they were casting for Harry Potter, him being Snape, you were like, oh, my God, that's fucking perfect. Like, yeah. there was nobody that at that moment, if you go, oh, it was like if you could pick your perfect cast, going, all right, well, who do you pick for Professor Snape? Alan Rickman. Like, there was no list. Yeah. It was him or nobody. Because <laughs> let's face it, if you didn't get him, the forget, you can't even make the movie. <laughs> You know, <laughs> screw the movie. Screw the movie. Screw Daniel screwed, well, well, they were nobodies too, but I yeah. mean, it's, you got to get the, the, the adults to help carry the kids through the, the film. And it was like, without Alan Rickman, you couldn't make the movie at all. Yeah. Because even when I was reading the book, I saw Alan Rickman. Like before I mean, the, the only other name would be, like, Jeremy
0: Irons. <coughs> no. So, you know, no, it's not I, even
1: Jeremy Irons could pull off Professor Snape.
0: It's exactly. But, I mean, like, yeah, it's a short list. It's let's, a very, very short, short list. It's
1: Alan Rickman, nobody in my eyes. <laughs> and then Jeremy
0: Irons. Jeremy Irons, maybe.
1: <laughs> but only because he played Alan Rickman's brother and The Hard 3. Yeah. You know, like, all right. And I love him as Scar. Like, you know, yeah. he'll be great as Alfred, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. But I was just like, to me, that, that movie, he... Every time I saw him on screen, there was this this bright smile on my face because I loved – he was just so good. I saw even some of the – I think I remember seeing Love Actually, the crappy other outside movies. Yeah. But come on, Galaxy Quest.
0: Yes. Oh, God, yes. By
1: Grafton's Hammer. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, come on. It amazed these sales. I mean that. <laughs> see, see that's
0: see that's to me like like what Alan Rickman would probably be real life in Galaxy Quest, where they were they were sitting there waiting for uh, uh what's his name to come show up, the
1: uh, Tim Allen Tim Allen
0: to show up, and he goes I I was in Shakespeare, yes, yeah. and he like he he names all the stuff, and then he tries to sneak out. He puts a coat over his head. And he tries to run out through, and the rest of the cast trying to grab him because they need him for this appearance to be at a at a Comic Con, you know, or or whatever you know sci fi convention. And it was just la- it's just so, so funny because it's like, that's how I kind of, I mean, nicer guy, you know, but he was a good guy in, in the movie. But it was just like, Alan Rickman was this kind of guy. He just did go.
1: And also apparently very funny. Yes. Very funny guy. Like he didn't take himself too seriously, which is what I like because I, I hear a clip from Alan Rickman takes Jimmy to task for his impressions. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to push there.
0: What is this? Is this my birthday?
3: No, 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 no. <laughs> The last time I was on this show, you said to me, was I aware that people impersonated me? <laughs> 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 then I heard that the very next night, Benedict Cumberbatch and you oh, oh,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> had what is described as a Rickmanoff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a famous game people play. So, um...
3: <laughs> apparently, these are the... Jimmy Fallon truth-telling machines. Yeah. So I just want to know what you have to say about that. <laughs> Breathe it in.
2: <laughs> They're healing for This is really like the a James Truth. Bond show. This really <laughs> is. I'm very sorry you were offended. <laughs> I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> and welcome to the show. <laughs>
3: Apology accepted. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You did eight movies with a character. (laughs) What was the name of that character again that you did the movies and all the... the, Based on the books? (laughs) (laughs) Get a good... Get a good... Professor Snape. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. The young boy with the scar on his... Yeah. (laughs) exhale and then inhale yeah this is very difficult but it's harry potter (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: like
1: he was a very very funny just guy like uh there's a let's see (laughs) All right. Well, I don't want to go dead air because I was. Yeah. Going to look something. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> there was, I apologize. There was something that I remember. Oh when yeah. I have to. Was it? Was not it wasn't actually Alan Rickman? But I'm going to bring it up. But you can go ahead and, and and talk about Alan Rickman I a mean, little
1: more. Like when he was cast in Dogma, it was to me. It was like again, brilliant casting. He's always been good in everything I've ever seen him in. Just fascinating to watch him. And to me, he'll always be Hans Gruber. Yes. Like. I mean, you know, like I know, my my girl, she she's from the Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't a huge Harry Potter fan, but she'll always remember him as Snape. Yes. Right, you well, got...
0: th- yeah, I got it. I, oh, hopefully, you this got... will work. Let's see. I'll make sure it's okay. This was on Family Guy, and it was Alan Rickman's answering machine.
1: Okay. Hello. You've reached Alan
2: Rickman at five 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 zero one two two. Please leave a message at the beep. Hello,
1: Alan Rickman. It's Alan Rickman. Reminding you to move the pork chops from the freezer to the refrigerator so they defrost properly. Do not disappoint me. Hello. You've reached Alan Rickman at 5550122. Please
2: leave a message at the beep. Alan, it's me again. Remember that turtle joke for the party.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's here's the Alan Rickman. Because my question to you was was that really him or was that Benedict Cumberbatch? Because apparently Cumberbatch does a great impersonation of him. So let's see if I can get that uh, if I can get that going.
2: Hello. Cumberbatch! Oh my gosh, you have some good <laughs> fans out there, my friend.
1: Oh, you see if have we a can lot uh... of big fans. Yeah, 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 you're huge I fan. Mean, you're nice to
2: your fans. You love your fans too. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, your fans are called. Cumber bitches. I, we're, we're, <laughs> like Cumber biatch. Kid, we're
3: slowly turning it in the sea towards something a little bit more PC. We're going towards a Cumber collective now, apparently.
2: All oh, right, the Cumber collective. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, but it's <laughs> yeah. the line of all the Cumber bitches out there. They're waiting to come in. Uh, uh, we had more, yeah, yeah. more people on standby uh, than this whole year. Like you're the you're the you're the biggest guy.
1: After Strange. Like, all waiting yeah.
2: for you. It all came down to support you.
1: and so, um, I'm gonna i to try to see if, if I can get to really the, the oh, Alan
2: yeah, Rickman. Lord, Rickman. I've
3: heard that you also do impersonation
2: of. <laughs> I do an impersonation of Alan, Alan Rickman as yeah. well. Okay. So what I was thinking was maybe we could have kind of like a Rickman off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Yippee okay. ki yay! So here, That's like this sort of Russian oligarch's cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <isn't it? laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He's Rickman my enough. favorite. Uh, he's yeah. my favorite pianist. Rickman off. Um, <laughs> 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 penis. Oh, yeah, penis. penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, in in England, you'd yeah, be you fine. Know, it's it's, 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 10, to, yeah, it's yeah. 10 to 11 <laughs> in England. You're fine yeah. now. In England, we get away. But what I thought was <laughs> maybe uh, we'll do some <laughs> uh, classic lines from some, uh, uh, some R&B or hip-hop oh, songs. God. All right. Uh, so I haven't <laughs> written down. Oh, okay, ready? All right. All right I'll all go right. first. All right. <clears throat> I have to get into it. I don't want no scrubs. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from that you. is a horrible Alan <laughs> Rickman <Yeah, this>. yeah. <laughs> horrible this is right. I yeah. do a better version yeah.
1: and I can't do that
2: stoop
3: okay alright yeah. oh god okay uh rolling down the street smoking in dough <laughs> sipping on gin and
1: juice that's <laughs> actually good that's good
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <But>. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah, I, uh, oh, there's one more.
0: <laughs> what about you, Ed? Uh, Well, I mean, Alan Rickman, like you said, uh, when when, when you first see him, it, you know, like when I saw Die Hard, I wasn't
1: as big a fan as you are. I mean, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, was a huge, I saw that movie six times in the theaters. theater. I know. Every week it was like, hey man, did you guys see Die Hard? No, let's go, I'm <laughs> It was, that's how much I love that movie.
0: You know i mean like i I appreciate the movie you know when it when I, cause
1: i but not, not as you know not as a huge love as you are you know getting knocked away play tattoo on my ass <laughs> <laughs> it's the nerd tramp stamp <laughs> so when, when i when I fart it me feel like it explodes off the roof. welcome
0: to the party, pal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's just like, you know, you, you, you see him and, and you don't know who he is. And, of course, you see the movie for Bruce Willis. Right. You go you know? for
1: Bruce, but you leave for Rickman. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. And you
0: go, you know what? He was he, like he, the way he delivered his lines.
1: Shoot the glass. Yeah. <laughs> like, like,
0: Just a simple <laughs> delivery. But it's like only him can deliver it that way. In a way, you go, I believe it. <laughs> oh, I
1: buy it. The look on his face. He's like, shoot. The glass. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> idiot. Even I knew that. They only got that in one take. Yeah, apparently that was great. <sighs>
0: they wanted to rap that day, like <laughs> print it. Well, I did find out something interesting about, especially Die Hard, was the fact is, is that that scene where he falls
1: to his death. You did send me that, yeah. Yes,
0: and. Uh, basically what it was was that they told Alan Rickman they were going to do they were going to count the three and then let him go right so it's it one like, two three go and
1: it was like a green screen thing, thing where, and it was
0: like 20 feet and was a a, a, a ba- airbag at the bottom right. so he wouldn't get hurt obviously but they wanted to get his face for this the shot right what the director didn't tell him was they were going to let him go at, at one, two, three, go. They let him go at one. <laughs> <laughs> so the, that suspenseful look like, oh, my God, like that, that he that was holy probably shit cursing
1: <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> you said three, motherfucker. <laughs> but OK, this is how like when I read that, I was like, holy mackerel. That's the reason why that face of him falling is so memorable. Yes, because it's not acting. It's a real look. But then you got to give him props. For being so good at acting that he still stayed in character to shoot, trying to shoot the gun. Yeah, it was just like, oh, "Come on!" Yeah. Like, it was like pure acting. <laughs> they
0: fucked up, but I'm not. You know, yeah. like a, I'm going to give you my performance of a lifetime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's see. Um... But then
0: when you saw him in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, I mean, there's that there's that scene. I can't. I wish I could pull it up real quick. But there's a scene where he's. Robin Hood's causing trouble. Right. He goes through this whole thing, like raise taxes, like do, do all that stuff, and cancel Christmas, and he slams the door. And to me, that was like the brilliant like line delivery Like I always enjoy watching. Over let's over. see. I can, I, see if I you can pull it up.
1: Pull it up. Pull it up. Uh, here it is. Call off Christmas. <laughs> all right, let's see. It's a clip. Oh, oh. Oh, he's giving away free food the merry yeah. men yeah, are now giving
0: away the money and the food and all.
3: we reckon he's nicked
2: three to
3: four million in the last five months sire all right then fine raise the bounty on his head 25,000 crowns begging your pardon sire it won't do no good how much you raise it really scribe and why is that because sire the poor you see he gives them what he takes, so oh, well, sir,
2: they love him.
3: Just a minute. Robin Hood steals money from my pocket, forcing me to hurt the public. And they love him for it? Yes. Cancel all the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans. No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. The treasury is empty. All day and all night, people plague my door whining for tax relief and safe passage through Sherwood Forest. We cannot pay thee what the highwayman has taken. It's the shortest route to London, Shire. It's the only road to London, you little ferret.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pouring up... Uh... <laughs> Yeah,
0: uh, it's 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 like that speech. Is like, you know, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's not that great of a speech, but it's like when he delivers his it it, delivery, it, it makes it great.
1: Yeah, you know. Um, three. That's it. how did
3: i, I come to this. Not again. I played Richard the <laughs> Third. Five curtain calls. There were five curtain calls. There's was an actual once. Damn it! Now look at me. Look at me. I can't go out there and I won't say that stupid line. One more time. I can't, I won't.
0: Well, Alex, at least you had a part, okay? You had a character people loved. I mean, my TV Guide interview was six paragraphs about my boobs and how they fit into my suit. No one even bothered to ask me what I do on the show.
2: You had the... <laughs> wait, wait, I'll think of it. You <laughs> repeated the computer, Fred.
1: Whew. Your
2: commander is on deck. Ha-ha! <laughs>
1: Wow, that smog is thick today, huh? <laughs> my my one of my all time favorite movies. Yes, uh, it's a movie that no matter when it's on, I have to stop watching That's, that yeah. Die Hard, and it's because the movie is perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect satire. Yes, it now, is. Uh,
0: it may, it really makes you think. Like especially certain parts of that movie, you just you watch it, you go. That's probably what it is like in some, like, behind the scenes going (laughs) on, you know, like you see the cast of somebody at a a Comic-Con, they're all, like, waving and happy and smiling and answering stupid questions from the audience. Yes. Or, or, you know, or just, you know, having a good time being jovial and then the background they're going, I was in this movie, like, well, that's, I almost got an Academy Award for this
1: performance. Well, you know what's so funny, like, is when you watch Star Trek The Next Generation, because that had to be a, a direct kind of thing because um, Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart, was a London theatrical Shakespearean actor yeah. who they kind of wooed to have this role. And that the first season, he said no one in the cast really liked him because he was so stuffy. Yes. Like, he was like, we're actors. We're supposed to be like, take this role seriously. And there's, you know, real Riker, you know, there's kind of like, you know, just... the <laughs> so Franks and... Yeah. You know, Franks and LeVar and they're all having a good time. And he's all like hated they hate must have hated me. Yeah. Like when you watch all the behind the scenes stuff of doing that show, and that's why I was like, I swear, Alan Rickman must have seen that or talked to Patrick Stewart to try to get some side, some sort of a essence from him because he is so good in this movie. Yeah. Like it hurts. It's like to know that he's not going to be around anymore. And then I saw today. Um. Actually, I watched it. It's been on for a while. It's all week. Um, the Harry Potter, the Snape story, kind mm. of in chronological order. Mm. Like to kind of see like his car like his character and it's like this whole like it was beautiful. It was like fifteen minutes of clips, you know, like when he was a kid to when he was adult. And mm. if you've seen the movies, you know where how it ends. Right. And it it was brilliantly done. I mean, the editing was like it kinda got me a little choked up a little bit. Like mm. like uh, not because of the story, but because excuse me, I got the hiccups now. Yeah. Because of him, I was just like, he was so good, and in because I have uh, the Harry Potter box set, because yeah. I'm a nerd. <laughs> he said he was on oh, this show. Yeah, get out. No, <laughs> he was in an interview where he said he he initially turned it down. He initially turned down Snape. Yeah, and it wasn't until you know um, J.K. Rollins kind of talked to him and and told him, she told him what this. He told him how it was going to end. Like, he was the only one that knew who, what Snape's motivation was and everything. Only guy. She didn't even finish any of the books yet. Like, you know, like, didn't go, I forget when they started the movies, but where it was going to go, she knew, obviously, Mm -hmm. since she's writing them. And when Alan Rickman was like, I don't think I'm going to pass, because again, I've played bad guys so many times, blah, blah, blah. She actually sat down with him and told him, she's like, look, this is who Snape really is and told her, told him. The whole story, like mm-hmm. from beginning to end, and he was like, I'm it. Yeah. I'm signing on. Like, and that, he, like, that, that was turned him around. And for a lot of people, he, that's going to be the icon. I mean, he was in seven movies, eight movies, actually, as Snape. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, he'll always be Hans, Poopy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's. Well, that's the thing, like, like, talking about the him, like,
0: the, the real movie that really turned me around, of course, was dogma the kevin smith movie yeah. you know i mean like him being the voice of god and the way he portrayed that it was just so brilliant i mean it was just like he he made me like I, like like i was one of those kind of guys and i you know for a long time i was like
1: oh i hate those bad guys you know because <laughs> you would get infuriated you know like it's like when you have a good bad guy you, you hate, hate that the character, character. Yeah, right. right like my mom for some reason can't hates monk i don't know the guy who plays monk tony yeah. schloob hates him i'm like why he reminds me of somebody i didn't like in high school I'm like, yeah. <laughs> come that's a, sh- like, my, to me, it was always, you know, it's a good actor when that character, you hate that person for playing that character. character yes. Yeah, it's good
0: acting. So that, so to me, it was like, he was one of those type of things. But then when he played <laughs> the voice of God in Dogma, like, he, he really impressed me. It was like, it was like, really what turned me around as a, you know, enjoying his acting and then watching it again, like watching Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, because I love Robin Hood stories watching those movies, it was just like, it was, he, it's like, it just, you see now that, like that actor playing the character yes. and you go, he's so brilliant. You know, like, you know, like, like when you see Hans Boobie and <coughs> you know, old, old die hard, you know, you're like, I really appreciate him more as an yeah. actor now, you know, now that I've seen more and more of him and I want to see more of
1: him. The only guy to me that kind of matches that wow factor is Christoph Waltz who played in, in Glorious Bastards. He oh was,
0: God, yes.
1: Like, I remember seeing that movie, walking out, and I went, that guy's going to win an Oscar. And my dad's like, you think? I'm like, trust me, he is so good that there's no way he's going to be ignored by Hollywood. And that's the way I felt like Alan Rickman. we walking out of Die Hard, just going, that guy was fucking awesome. He was the perfect bad guy. This guy's never going to have to worry about a job, ever. Yeah. Like, if you ever need a bad guy, hire a Rickman. Because he, he could have just had a great career as a bad guy but now he did other things like I actually brought up when you first meet Metatron and we'll let the clip play and then we'll go to break and come back and we'll do the
2: news okay Okay.
1: we'll kind of wrap it up with the you know the hour of morning here at uh, Geeksters with uh, with this clip and then we'll go to break and then we'll come back and we'll do the news sounds right right. All right, so hang on folks we'll be right back right after this clip you have to use the whole can who the fuck
3: I'm the one that soaks and she's the one that's surly. That's rich. it. fucking gross. Get the fuck out of here! Now! Or you do what exactly? Hit me with that fish. <laughs> no, just sit down on the bed and shut up. Jesus, what? Look at my suit. Look, just take whatever you want, but don't kill or rape me. Don't oh, give over, will you? I couldn't rape you if I wanted to. Angels are ill-equipped. See? I'm as anatomically impaired as a kendall. Now, make yourself useful. Give me that towel, will you? Honestly, you bottom feeders and your arrogance. You think everybody's just trying to get in your knickers. What are you? I'm pissed off is what I am do you go around drenching everybody that comes into your room with flame retardant chemicals no wonder you're single stand back as I was saying prior to your firefighting episode I am Don't tell me the name doesn't ring a bell. You people, if there isn't a movie about it, it's not worth knowing, is it? I am a seraphim. The highest choir of angels. You do know what an angel is, don't you? Letatron acts as the voice of God. Any documented occasion when some yahoo claims that God has spoken to them, they're speaking to me. Or they're talking to themselves.
1: Why doesn't God speak for himself?
3: Glad you decided to join the conversation to answer that. Human beings have neither the oral nor the psychological capacity to withstand the awesome power of God's true voice. Were you to hear it, your mind would cave in and your heart would explode within your chest. We went through five atoms before we figured that one out. Oh. How do I know you're an angel? What, you mean aside from the fiery entrance and the expansive wingspan? You want more proof?
1: Fine. How about a tequila? And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show
0: so uh welcome to the end of the show well yeah welcome to that. We're end the part two of the show End of part
1: two Ooh. anything like that Ed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he always asks me that question so, i'm either like in the middle of something sorry. or it's like
1: i'm like crap <laughs> I mean, you can say no i mean you're not you're not i'm not putting you on the spot you can go yeah i got nothing yeah i, I do it all the time <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's nothing more to add. I mean, you know, we've, we've I think we've gone through everything in in the show itself, and uh, yeah. like I said, they'll be sorely missed. I'm, I'm I think for both of us, and uh, you
1: know, uh, I'm uh, probably gonna go home and watch Galaxy Quest, yeah, <laughs> or Die Hard, because looking <laughs> at those clips or Dogma really made me think, like, God, I really love those movies. I should watch them again. Yeah, like you know,
0: they're classics. You know, yeah. and if you haven't seen them, go see those movies because yeah. they're really truly uh an inspiration for that actor
1: to watch parts if you haven't seen Die Hard, we can't be friends <laughs> just, just put it out there that right throughout the back mm-hmm. galaxy quest i can kind of give you a slide because you know you might not be a star trek fan or a sci-fi fan uh, I, if you're listening to the show i highly doubt, doubt it. it right or you've already seen it um
0: how many times How many times I've talked about Star Wars. If, you haven't, if you're haven't, you still listening to this show, you're obviously a sci-fi fan of some kind. That's a good point. <laughs> um, or you just like TV to beat that drum over and over again and find it hilarious that this moron is talking about Star Wars over and over again. I don't know.
1: It could be your thing. I don't know. I'm not judging. It's part of the drinking game now. How many times does he say Star Wars? There's an over under right now. But I bet you he says it three times. Three articles. No, 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 I'm just going to talk about it at least once. You know? <laughs> um, also, now, Dogma, too, if you don't see, if you don't watch Dogma, it's very, um, it's about faith. Yeah. It's basically the best way I can kind of sum it up with Dick and Fart jokes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you go. That's my synopsis of Dogma. It's about faith with Dick and Fart jokes.
0: <laughs> okay, you want to put it that way. Sure, yeah, yeah
1: sure. Right? I mean, that's not, not unaccurate. You know, yeah. it's, you know. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to tune into the show to hear it live, you can on Sunday nights from 6 to 9, 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, Tune In, and iHeartRadio. It's Radio. strict Aquanet Radio on those apps. And while we're at it, since we've gotten so close over the past couple episodes, uh, 173 of them to be exact. More than that, but yes. Yes, but you know, if they're listening just to show parts, I mean, um, they haven't downloaded, if you haven't already listened to the... You know, spoilerific Hobbit, or the spoilerific Star Wars, or the spoilerific Man of Steel, or any of the other spoilerific episodes we've done. Yes. Outside of the show itself, mm. you know, it's 173 times. Yeah. <laughs> 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 technically, technically, actually 174 because there is still episode zero. That's true. Right? That's a good point. And. Technically, a lot of those, it's actually, it's episode 174, but it's part one, part two, part three. Yes. So you're really kind of getting like three episodes in every one episode.
0: You don't have to say about that.
1: Nerd. (laughs) 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 But anyway, um, like I was about to ask was that if you go to Facebook and you type in Geeksters Radio, you'll get to our Facebook page. While you're there, give us a little like. We'd appreciate
0: it. Also, follow us on Twitter at @geeksters or Instagram at radio.
1: And if you want to contact Ed on anything you may have seen or heard or want a request of anything, just let him know by contacting him at ed at Or if you
0: want to contact Sean, tell him you want to hear more Star Trek than Star Wars. <laughs> you can contact Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. And we'll see you in part three.